we're not talking about we've heard of someone who holds tomorrow. If you're saved tonight, you know. You know him, and you know him as we preached about this morning personally. What a privilege tonight to be able to say that you know the King of kings and Lord of lords, the very God of all heaven and of all creation. You know him, and uh, hopefully you talk with him often. Hope you spend time with him and you read his word and how encouraging it is when we don't know things. The unknown can be frightening, can it? It can scare you, not knowing what God is doing and why God does what he does. But the good news is God knows what he's doing and God knows where he's going and God knows what he plans on doing long before we ever even have time to worry about it. We've got to trust him, as the song says. I think tonight the message is going to help us a little bit with that. If you'll take your Bibles out, let's turn to a familiar passage, maybe a different perspective, a familiar passage in the New Testament, the book of Romans tonight, book of Romans, chapter 12. Ms. Rogers, where are you at tonight? Oh, raise your hand. There we are. Good to see her tonight. Uh, this will be Ms. Rogers' last service with us as she prepares to head back to the mission field, uh, to a place unspoken. Amen. We won't mention it tonight on live stream, but... A long way from here, uh, and um, I know there's somebody on the other end of that flight. How long of a flight, Miss Rogers? 24 hours worth of flying around the world, and I know there's somebody on the other end chomping at the bit to be waiting to pick her up at the airport, and so you pray for her as she's preparing to head out for Houston for a few days, spend some time with family, and uh, they be headed to see Brother Rogers. Pray that God continues to work and to use them. Had a great opportunity to meet with her and Miss Janelle the other day and talk about how the Lord's using Brother Rogers and the area, which our people know very well where he's at. Very sensitive area, very tough area to get into, uh, especially for Christians being uh, a non-Christian area. And uh, just how the Lord has brought people in Brother Rogers' path to be able to witness to and establish relationships. But you pray for her. I mentioned Wednesday night we have uh, a button there on our app and our giving part of the app to be able to help pay for her plane ticket, okay? I don't want her hitchhiking on the runway. That's just embarrassing. You know, folks getting out there trying to catch a ride. So we want to make sure she gets that plane ticket taken care of. So you're welcome to give to do that on the app. You're welcome to give uh, through the envelopes there, our giving envelopes. Just be sure you put on it Roger's family. And uh, we're going to make sure they get there regardless. This is an opportunity for you to be a part of that. You pray for her as she's preparing to head back. Miss Janelle is in Vicksburg by now. I'm assuming staying with her sister there as she gets uh, recuperated from her last treatment. I don't know if you saw the video the other day on social media, but she got to ring the bell. Amen. You get to ring the bell saying your treatments are over with and they're done. If you've ever dealt with cancer, that's kind of a, a tough thing to do to go through. And thank the Lord he's blessed her to be able to get through that. And uh, she says she's going to be sure to stop by and visit with us from time to time. But you pray for them, pray for their family as well. Romans chapter 12, if you're there, let's stand together. We're going to look at probably the most well-known verses in chapter 12, verse number 1 and verse number 2. Uh, but we're going to take a different perspective tonight, all right? Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, the preacher and me, when uh, I hear a pastor going to a verse that I've read and heard preached many times, the tendency is to think, well, I've, I've done, you know, I've done squeezed all the juice out of that lemon. There's nothing in there for me. I think there is tonight. If we'll just open our hearts and minds to what God has for us. Uh, I believe tonight's message is going to be very timely if you'll open your heart to it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 contains our text tonight. 
Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, now watch this, the message will come from these next few words tonight, what is that good and acceptable and perfect, and what is the last three words, will of God. And we're going to preach about the very will of God tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you for the encouragement that I've gotten from it in preparing for the message tonight. Lord, I don't know all that you plan on doing in the service through your word. But Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would meet needs that are there right now. And Lord, I pray you'd help meet needs that are going to be there later. Lord, I know your word can do that. And I know your spirit, Lord, can Bring to mind these verses, Father, and scriptures in days where we need it most. And I pray you'd help us tonight. Give us grace, Lord, in the preaching. Bless the invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I mentioned this morning we went on a field trip with school on Friday. The uh, secondary allowed me to go with them. And uh, I got to be a parent. Uh, Brother Jim was our bus driver. Thank the Lord. Did a great job. Brother Jim got us there safely there and back and also served as our bodyguard while we were there. And I uh, did a wonderful job about that and uh, appreciate him being willing to do that and go down there with us and had a great time. And I was in uh, kind of a Hawaiian shirt, was it, Brother Jim, and some blue slacks. And uh, he looked at me and he says, you look kind of comfortable. You look relaxed. I said, I'm a parent today. Uh, I'm not pastor today. I'm not responsible for these kids today. I'm just a parent. But we had a good time down there and got to see some parrots and uh, got to see some seals and dolphins, things along that line. And Miley and I were walking around some of the aquariums that they have in there and uh, noticing all the fish. And we got to touch some stingrays uh, that were there, and that was quite enjoyable. No, I didn't kiss the seal. Uh, you know, $30, that's not worth it. Amen. Uh, besides, he had a mustache, and I'm thinking to myself, no, I mean, you know, I'm not going to kiss one with a mustache, but uh, as we're walking around there, I just think that'd be kind of weird, you know. As we're walking around there, uh, Miley pointed out a lionfish. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen one. Guys, did you get the picture I sent this afternoon? All right, there's a lionfish. Uh, they had one of those up in the aquarium that was there. Sorry, the picture's kind of pixely. Uh, I just grabbed one offline. And kind of an interesting fish when you look at it. It's very beautiful, uh, very unusual. We don't catch those kind of things down here in the rivers and the creeks of South Mississippi. Uh, just staring at it, it was just really unique to be able to look at the handiwork of God. Uh, there's no doubt you can look at that thing and tell that something with way more higher intelligence than you and I have put that together. And so we stood there looking at it and then began reading a little bit about it and reading about some of the things that fish is capable of. Let me read to you what the lionfish is capable of. It says, although attractive and distinguishing for the lionfish, the fins and spines can inflict a severe sting resulting in localized pain, redness, and swelling. More advanced cases can involve neurological problems such as headaches, nausea, numbness, dizziness, and possible convulsions, and even paralysis. As often the case is, it's amazing how the Lord will speak to you uh, when uh, you're in an aquarium. Amen? You, look, you shouldn't turn him off just when you leave church. He can speak to you at Popeye's. Amen? Uh, he could speak to you uh, down at the, the, the city dump. He can speak to you anywhere. Well, I got to thinking about that fish tonight in light of what we're going to be preaching on for a few minutes. And I believe that fish is going to serve as a perfect illustration for the topic of tonight's message. And that's going to be on the last part of verse 2. The Bible says, the will of God. Can I tell you tonight, to know the will of God and to experience the will of God is probably one of the most beautiful things that you will ever experience 
as a in the life of a Christian. To know the will of God and to experience the perfect will of God for your life is one of the most beautiful experiences you will ever have in this life, especially in the Christian life. Could I also tell you to live the will of God and his unique plan for your life can also be one of the most traumatic experiences you will ever have. You think about that fish that was up there a moment ago. It's a beautiful fish. It's uniquely made. It's beautiful. It has those fans. And it's just, it just sat there looking at me and Miley. I mean, he was probably wanting to kill us if he could get through the, the glass. But beautiful fish just looked like he was floating right there in the air. And it was beautiful and it was unique. And yet, on the other side of the coin, uh, that fish could be painful and that fish could be deadly. Sometimes the will of God is just like a lionfish, isn't it? Sometimes the will of God is beautiful and it's unique and it's amazing and yet sometimes the will of God is painful and sometimes the will of God is confusing and sometimes the will of God hurts a little bit. The will of God's like this. I put this in my notes for myself to remember. Sometimes you feel like you can't live with the will of God and yet as a Christian you know that you can't live without the will of God. Sometimes the Will of God's like that lionfish. It's beautiful, it's unique, and it's wonderful, yet sometimes it's very painful. So here's the question tonight. How do we come to the place as a child of God where we learn to embrace the will of God, which is both sides of the coin? It's like embracing that lionfish, that you embrace the beauty and the uniqueness of it, realizing this is a creation of Almighty God. But understanding that sometimes in embracing the will of God, there's going to be those prickly places, those places that hurt sometimes and are uncomfortable. How do we get to a place where we can do that? Because to be honest with you, I don't like getting poked, do you? Uh, I don't like hugging cactuses. <laughs> I don't. I've been down in the desert of Mexico where my grandparents built a church down there. And man, so many times you go up to those cactuses and they have those little bitty spines that you can't even see. Have you ever got those in your finger? And you feel them and they hurt, but you can't see them there. All right, you need to go to Mexico. I guess you, you don't know what I'm talking about. But just trust me, I'm your pastor. It's real, okay? I don't like getting poked. I, I would like to enjoy the beautiful uniqueness of the will of God, not the pokey, pointy, painful side of the will of God. But do you remember what Jesus said when he was giving us that prayer, the example, the pattern of prayer, if you will, in Matthew chapter 6? Do you remember what he said? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The will of God is a lot like that lionfish. There are times we look at it and it's beautiful. And it's unique, and it's no doubt an amazing creation of the will of God and the work of God. And there are times the will of God is just like that lionfish as well. It's going to be prickly, it's going to be painful, and it's going to hurt. How do we get to the place where we can pray and say, thy will be done? God, thy will be done on the days when things are wonderful and your will is beautiful. I mean, look, when things are going great and there's money in the bank and everybody's happy, I'm like, Lord, thy will be done. This is great. But then there are days where things aren't going well, people are not happy, I'm in trouble. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want this today, I don't like this today, it doesn't feel good. But I'm supposed to pray thy will be done, not thy good will be done. God, I only want the good part of your will. I hate to tell you, it doesn't work that way. There's both the good parts and there's also the pokey, pointy parts that we don't like. Yeah, tonight I believe the Bible is going to show us how to pray that God's will be done. Ephesians 5, 17, the Bible says this, be not wise, be not unwise, I'm sorry, 
but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's the will of our Father that we not misunderstand what His will is for our life. Because can I tell you, when I experience pain and things that I don't like in the will of God, I'm tempted to abandon the will of God. Is that what the children of Israel did? They get along to where the Red Sea is at and thinking, wow, God, you left us high and dry. I mean, you told us you're going to lead us out of Egypt into a promised land, and you can't even get us past the Red Sea. I mean, there's a Red Sea there. Can I tell you, the Red Sea was the will of God. God led them to that specific coordinate on the GPS of the journey of his will for their life. And what was their temptation? The temptation was to go back. The temptation was to quit on God and to murmur and to complain. Do you know why? Because they did not get Ephesians 5.17. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Hey, it's God's desire. We understand his will. Even the prickly, pokey parts that we don't like to accept and we don't like to embrace. Tonight, we're going to look at the last part of verse number 2 in Romans chapter 12. And we're going to try to do our best through the word of God to understand the will of God. Why? You think about this. If understanding the will of God is going to grow you as a Christian, what could misunderstanding the will of God do? It could cause you a lot of grief and a lot of pain. It's important we understand the will of God tonight. And Romans 12, 2 is going to give us some reassurances of God's will. Let's look at that tonight if we could. Very simple thought. I want to give you some reassurances about God's will, and we're going to find it in the adjectives of verse number two that describe the will of God, all right? Now watch what it says. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, now here it comes, what is that, now notice the next word, the Bible says good. Now that word is an adjective describing what? Well, the last three words, that good will of God. Now, folks, this is not going to be deep stuff tonight, but I believe it will help us because we all need to understand what the will of God is. Why? Because when you understand that sometimes God's will is the rainbow and the sunshine, but sometimes God's will is the rain clouds and the storm, when you understand that, you are preparing yourself to grow in the will of God for your life unlike anything else you've ever seen. Now, watch closely. Number one tonight, very simple. Here we go. I want you to notice that the will of God, as according to verse 2, is good. The Bible says that you may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, folks, I want you to tell you tonight, there's no way you're going to understand this first truth outside, listen, of being having a spiritual mind. The carnal man is not going to understand that the will of God is always good, all right? Because sometimes the will of God leads us to difficulty. Sometimes the will of God leads us to pain. Sometimes the will of God leads us to places where we don't have answers or understanding about what's going on at the moment. But even though at times we may not enjoy it, do you know what the Bible says the will of God is? The will of God is good. The will of God is good. Now can I tell you why the will of God is good? This is really simple. The will of God is good because God is good. 
The will of God is good because God is good. And that which my Father gives to me, hey, he's my heavenly Father. What did he say? If we as earthly fathers know how to give good things to our children, how much more does our heavenly Father know how to give good things to his children? I paraphrase that, okay? Now, folks, understand this tonight. When we, when we come to the place of the will of God in our life, and it's not necessarily the beautiful lionfish, it's the prickly, pokey lionfish, we can be assured tonight and we can understand based on the word of God that the will of God is good. It's always good. Why? Because God is always good. God is always good. Now, can I tell you this, and this is going to help us a little bit tonight. It didn't say it would always feel good doesn't always feel good, does it? I know. Look, I, I know things come your way and things come my way. Things we don't understand, things we may not enjoy. Look, he didn't say that you may prove, watch verse 2, what is that feel good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's not always going to feel good. But can I give you a reassurance about the will of God? It's always going to be good. Why? Because God is good. Do you remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Here's Jesus, our ultimate example, showing us how to follow our Father's will. Now, folks, there's no way that we can humanly comprehend what he was feeling in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's no way. You know, we struggle with our own personal sin and the weight of our own personal sin. Here was Jesus taking on all of the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future. That's why he sweat as drops of blood. And as he goes through this grief and this pain that's unimaginable to us, he says, not my will, but thine be done. Now look, don't tell me he was feeling good. He was grieved. He was going to bear the sin of the world. Who knows the demonic forces that were bombarding him at that moment. And yet Jesus says, not my will, but thine be done. Why? Because he wanted what was good. Don't tell me that good is always going to make you feel good. And by the way, if you live your life as a Christian only pursuing that which feels good, you're going to miss out on at least half of the will of God for your life. Years ago, my dad was preaching, and I wrote this down in my first preaching Bible. Wonderful, wonderful quote. He says, too often, Christians base their decisions based on taste rather than nutrition. I'll let that one sink in, all right? We're not talking about food. You're like, what? Right there we go with food again. How often do we make our spiritual decisions based on what tastes good rather than what is good, Right? I mean, if I made my decision spiritually based on what feels good to me, I promise you I would have missed out on half the opportunities that I've had to grow in the will of God for my life. Why? Because oftentimes growing in the will of God means accepting something that doesn't feel good. That's why Jesus said, thy will be done. Boy, you look in the word of God. so many scriptures tonight. I'll not read all of them, but he says, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Why? Because you want what's good. In Genesis, when Jesus, when, when God uh, created the world that was there and all that he had made, what the Bible said? The Bible says it was good. When God sends things along our way in his will and it doesn't feel good, hey, we can understand that even though it doesn't feel good, it is good. Why? Because it's from God. You look up the word good, here's what it means. 
it means pleasing in our vernacular. And yet when you look it up in scripture, the word good means useful, useful or purposeful. Now, I want you to think about this. Last night, Miss, uh, Miss Evelyn, where are you at, Miss Evelyn, right there? She made me chili rellanos. Is that right? I'm not going to say it as good as you are, but uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful dish. She made some and called me and let me go over and pick them up. And these peppers that were stuffed with meat, covered in cheese, and deep fried. I mean, I had to, I had to pray over it twice. It was so good. You know, cheese and meat and peppers and it's battered and it's deep fried. And, you know, you do feel bad about saying, Lord, Lord, would you bless this? He's like, come on now. You know, cheese and meat and it's fried. And, oh, can I tell you, it was good. It was good. What does that mean? In my vernacular, good means it was pleasing to me. But do you know what the word good means in Romans chapter 12, verse 2? It means useful and purposeful. Can I tell you the will of God may not always be pleasing to us, but if it's from God, it's going to be useful and it's going to be purposeful. Why? Because number one tonight, the will of God is good. What did David say? It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Do you know there are times God's going to allow difficult times to, uh, to come our way, difficult places to come our way. It's not going to feel good. But the Bible says, he says, it's good for me. It's good for me. Oh, can I tell you, that's a whole nother level of grown-up Christian right there. When you can go through a difficult time and say, this is good for me. Oh, my dad, we, he would, uh, we had a joke with him every once in a while. I'd shoot him a text when I was living in Louisiana. I'd be working for the garbage company and... There's just not a lot good about working for a garbage company. All right, I'm telling you, people wouldn't tie their bags up, and then the, the, the garbage would just go everywhere, and all oh, it was stinking. The summer was bad because it stunk worse in the summer. The, the winter was bad because your ears would get cold on the back of the truck. And, buddy, let me tell you, these bad boys can catch some wind on the back of the truck. Not a whole lot good. My dad would call me about something and say, what you doing? i say, well, I'm out delivering cans today. Or, or the worst part was picking up cans for people who didn't pay their bill. Repo man. <laughs> Repoing your garbage can. Do you know when you had to repo a can, it usually meant that it was full and overflowing? And they probably left the lid open and it's full of water. And I'm not going to try to gross you out tonight. But there's things swimming in there that I've never seen before. Right around in that water and that can. And the bags are just kind of moving around in there. There ain't a whole lot good working for, oh, deer season. You had to go to the processors and pick up all of the byproducts of processing deer. I'll let you fill in the blanks. 95-gallon cans that you would dump and then that big arm would come and then stuff them. Oh. And I have a gag reflex. Didn't feel much like a man. You're sitting there, i got to turn my head, uh, uh, the guys are just laughing at you. Dad would call me, hey, what you doing, picking up the deer processors today? I'll tell, tell him a little bit about that, and he'd say, it's good for you. <laughs> I didn't feel real spiritual at the time, Dad, I'm just being straight up with you. Up there trying to build a church, and riding a garbage truck, and repoing full cans, and deer guts, and all that. It's good for you. <laughs> Amen, Dad. Amen. Man, I look back on it. You go on my phone, if you know my code, go on my phone and go to my favorite pictures. A picture of me on the garbage truck on that Wednesday night after church is one of my favorite pictures. 
Why? Because even though it wasn't enjoyable, it was good. It was good. It stunk sometimes. It was hard, cold, humbling. But it was good. It was good. Can I tell you, if you avoid the things that are not pleasing, you're missing out on the meaning of the word good because God says good is useful, purposeful. Have you ever used this statement before? That's just what I needed today in a negative way. Flat tire on the way to work. Well, that's just what I needed today. Maybe kid comes home from school, got suspended for, you know, just doing what kids do. That's just what I needed today. Can I tell you the wonderful thing about the will of God? Even the tough parts, we can say, evidently, that's just what I needed today. Because the will of God is good. Number one, notice verse 2 says the will of God is good. But then let's, let's hurry. The Bible says not only is it good, but it's acceptable. Acceptable. Now, <laughs> be careful or you'll start thinking, well, I want to tell you, God's will for my life has not been very acceptable. Well, it doesn't mean you and I. It means what is acceptable or pleasing unto God. Understand the will of God. Watch this. It's important in the life of the believer that in order for us to please God, we've got to accept the will of God because that's what's acceptable to him. Number two, reassurances about the will of God. Well, it's going to be good. Number two, the will of God is acceptable. At some point in our life, boy, and this is tough, we have to decide who we're going to please. And that's difficult. That's difficult. I've talked to older preachers that are older than me, some twice my age, asking them, is there a magic number that you have a birthday party, you know, maybe I turn 60, 70, 80, and suddenly all that I want is the will of God for my life and I don't feel the tug of any fleshly desires or ambitions out there. So far, I'm batting zero. I've never met one that told me that I'm never going to have to fight pleasing self in order to please God. But understand this tonight, if we're going to fulfill the will of God, we've got to understand that the will of God is what is acceptable to God. So think about Moses tonight. I preached about him last week for a few minutes. Here's Moses worried about, what did he say? God, when I come to the children of Israel to deliver them, oh, they're going to say, who sent me? They're going to say that you didn't send me. They're not going to believe me. And God told him not to worry about what they say. You see, he says, don't worry about pleasing them, Moses. You just make sure you please me because that's what's acceptable to God. Moses, you just take those children of Israel right out there in the desert. They're going to gripe. They're going to complain. You just keep moving because you don't have to please them. All you have to do is please me. Can I tell you tonight, I believe that we could have a whole lot more peace in our life if we just made the decision that, you know what, I'm going to work on pleasing one, and that's pleasing God, and I'm going to do that which is acceptable unto him, and you know what, I don't want to offend anybody, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but that's the priority of my Christian life, to prove that good and acceptable will of God. I've got to show everybody what God says is pleasing unto him. You know, sometime we'll get to the place where we're like Stephen. Remember Stephen? He's preaching, and boy, 
it's definitely not acceptable to the people. You say, well, how do you know when it's not acceptable? They start throwing rocks at you. <laughs> I am so thankful that I have not been that despised yet. Okay? Check your pockets. Ushers, we're going to start doing that from now on. Check their pockets on the way in. We need a rock detector, okay? You know, make sure there's no rocks in there. And yet Stephen is preaching. Oh, is he preaching the word of God? They start throwing rocks at him. Stephen just keeps preaching. So how could somebody do that? Because he was living by the will of God. So how do you know? Because all that matters is what was acceptable to him. And folks, that's a tough one. To live a life where we seek only to please God. Now, you know, when we look at all of these people that God has used in spite of their circumstances, the one common denominator is they made the decision, I'm going to please God. I'm going to please God. What did Paul tell the young preacher Timothy on his way out? Paul told him to work and to strive to please him who had called him to be a soldier. Why do you think Paul told him that? I love reading 2 Timothy because you're reading the condensed thoughts of a condemned man. Paul knows he's going to die. He doesn't have much time to talk. And so he's giving Timothy exactly what the Holy Spirit of God wants him to know. And one of the things he says, strive to please him who's called you to be a soldier. You know, I think Paul was giving Timothy a little tip of the hat, letting him know it's going to be tough. It, matter of fact, Timothy, just remember who's writing this letter. It's the guy who's in prison about to have his head chopped off. But oh, can I tell you, at the very end of his life, Paul says, I have finished my course. Paul says, hey, I kept my eyes on him and pleasing him. Why? Because the only way to fulfill the will of God is to understand that I've got to do that which is acceptable unto him. How could the disciples walk away after being beaten and threatened and still go on to preach the word of God? We ought to obey God rather than man. They said, we have one to please and his name is God and we're going to focus in on that. Why? Because that's what the will of God is. It's acceptable. Yesterday, uh, Leslie and a lot of the ladies, by the way, thank you to all the ladies who went to the Walk of Hope. Uh, I think our, our group had either one of the biggest groups or the biggest group out there, all in the matching shirts. Boy, you did great, looked great. Man, got out there and earned a lot of money for the uh, Crisis Pregnancy Center there, the Hope Clinic that is there. And, oh, I'm excited about partnering with them and helping save lives. I mean, everything that we help raise for those really helps to go to save lives. And it was a blessing to see our ladies out there. Well, Miley wasn't feeling well yesterday morning. She had some seasonal allergy stuff like that. And so I stayed home with her and uh, went and got us some breakfast from McDonald's. And we're sitting there. And I got to thinking, all right, man, Leslie's been busy with this. And now she's going to go this. And they had the, uh, the Spring Fest in Laurel yesterday. Had a lot of folks up there giving out gospel tracts. Just had a great day of outreach. I said, I want to do something for Leslie. So I tried to go through my mind thinking, right, what is something she said she wanted lately? You know, something she wanted done around the house. And I remember that she was saying the other day, we were laying in bed, and she says, you know, maybe we could get this gun cabinet out of the corner of the uh, bedroom. That way she could turn her nightstand around and actually use the drawer on it, all right? You know, the drawer only opens one way, and because it was longer than it was wide, it wouldn't fit in there. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go move that gun cabinet while she's gone and surprise her. And so I go in there and taking the guns out, unscrewing it from the wall, moving it around. I'm not telling you where I moved it because I don't want you to steal my guns. Moved it around. Got it in another location in the house and got it all done. Got the nightstand all pretty, you know. I'm so excited. You know, she's coming home. And, and so in the room that I put it, when she got home, I stood in the hallway at that door. 
just waiting there. Why? Well, it's kind of like your cat does when it kills a mouse and leaves it at your back porch. You know, <laughs> they're excited. Look what I did for you. And so I couldn't have her walk past that room because then she would have missed it. And so we're just walking down the hall together, and I slowly just turned and blocked the hallway, and we just stood there and talked. And I'm sure she's thinking, what is up with my husband? You know, this is abnormally weird for him. He's usually weird, but abnormally weird just to stand in the hallway and have a conversation. And slowly but surely, she began to turn her gaze over to the left, and she saw it. And her eyes lit up. Oh, my goodness, you moved that over. And then all of a sudden, man, my... Just start swelling up. I think my feet come up off the ground a little bit. Just a little. And then she kissed me on the cheek. Man, it was fulfilling. Hey, I pleased my wife. I did that which was acceptable to her. And man, it just did something for me to do something for her. Can I tell you, I enjoy doing things for her. But oh, there's nothing like doing that which is acceptable and pleasing to my father. I mentioned to you this morning, I came out of Walmart the other day, and there were some gentlemen out there in the parking lot about 9 o'clock at night. Uh, Miley had needed some note cards uh, that we had failed to get, and so Dad went up there to get those around 9 o'clock, and uh, pull up there, and I'm still driving the bug, okay? So I'm parking it out in the parking lot because, you know, I just don't want people to see me and think that I'm one of those guys. And so <laughs> I go into Walmart, I go into Walmart, and these guys are hollering at me as I'm walking into Walmart, all right? Look, it's hard to talk trash with people in the parking lot when you just got a Volkswagen, okay? And so I just kept on walking. When I came out of Walmart, these guys are still at 9 o'clock at night, standing out in the parking lot, and they're, they're still talking. And they're talking to me, hey, and I'm just like, oh, dear. And I just wanted to keep walking, you know. I could just see it on WDAM News, a local man goes missing, leaves Volkswagen in the parking lot, you know. They were going to tie me to it one way or the other. So, you know, I, I said, hey, how you doing? Kind of went on about my way. Boy, I tell you, I got maybe 100 yards out of the parking lot. And Holy Spirit of God says, I got them to get your attention. And you just waved and went on. I'm like, well, Lord, number one, I'm outnumbered. Number two, I'm in a Volkswagen. You know, who's going to take that guy seriously? And so I just kept going. And I, I made the on-ramp, got on 49. And Holy Spirit, did you hear me? Does he ever do that to you? Did you hear me? Lord, it's 9 o'clock and my kid needs these note cards. Okay. Well, I look around my wife's car and she's unspiritual. She has no tracks in her car anywhere. She keeps them in her purse. She keeps them in her purse. I'm looking around. There's no tracks anywhere. And I'm like, okay, Lord, it's 9 o'clock. She needs the note cards and there's no tracks in here. Well, you're going to go right by the church. There's plenty of them there. Seriously? Can't you get somebody else to go by there? Okay. Pull in, get some tracks, go back. So now I'm driving back to Walmart, 9 o'clock at night. I don't know who these guys are that were hollering at me. And I don't know why they were hollering at me. But the Lord says, go back and talk to these guys. So I pull back in the parking lot and I park way down at the end. Got out of the Volkswagen, start walking and start walking toward them. They see me coming. I walk up and I said, uh, hey, who, who are you? And they're talking to these guys and played football for USM. And one of the guys just entered the NFL draft and uh, hoping to get drafted here in the draft upcoming week. And I says, look, guys, I says, I don't know a whole lot about getting into the draft. I'm me driving a Volkswagen. And that doesn't necessarily the kind of a guy that usually gets picked by the NFL, you know. I says, I don't know a whole lot about getting into the NFL. I says, but I do know a little bit about getting into heaven. I said, I'd like to tell you how to get to heaven. 
And we sat there, and oh, man, they were so respectful and so serious. And we sat there, I gave them a track and talked to them about the Lord a few minutes. And can I tell you, on my way home, boy, on my way home, my heart was so full. Do you know why? Because I pleased my father. I pleased my father. The will of God is not always going to be easy or enjoyable, but you ought to embrace it. Why? It's the only way to please our Father. That's why David said, Psalms 19, 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. I just want to please you, God, with what I say today. God, I want to please you with the words that come out of my mouth today. And so number two tonight, we need to understand the will of God is good. It may not always feel good, but it's going to be good. The will of God, the Bible says in verse 2, is how we please God. The will of God is acceptable to God. But finally, I'll give you this and we're going to be done. The Bible says, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Perfect. Now we know the word perfect means complete in the Bible, right? But you look at it a little bit deeper and not just complete, it means wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Now, that word wanting nothing means that if we live by the will of God, we will have the most fulfilling life that we could have ever had on this planet. But only by the will of God. That's why, number three, I'll show you this and we'll hurry. The will of God is fulfilling. The will of God is fulfilling. Can I tell you tonight, regardless of how the will of God may make you feel, accepting the will of God is the only way to live a complete Christian life. That's it. Several years ago when I was in school, all right, many years ago when I was in school, my wife tells me I have no concept of time. I'll say a few days ago, she was like three years. I'm like, okay, that's a few, few days ago. You know, it wasn't yesterday. I was in school and I remember calling my friend, asking him what he got on his report card. Used to the report cards were mailed out. You had to wait for him to come in, anxiety between then and then. And I says, all right, what did you get in math? And here's what he said. All it says is I. I was like, I what? It says I. I'm like, you don't have a number there? I said, that's probably not good. I stands for idiot. That's what it is. <laughs> no, I didn't tell him that. He says, the bottom code on the report card says I stands for incomplete. I said, well, did you ask your parents what that means? They said, yes, it means he either didn't turn in a book report, didn't take a test. He had not finished the course yet. That's why he had an I, and he was going to have an I there until he finished or completed all of the work that he needed done. Now, can I tell you tonight, when we stand before God and we are judged, and the Bible talks about the books, the records that are being kept, is that not what a report card is? And we stand before God and our spiritual report card is open. Can I tell you tonight, you don't want an eye there. You don't want an eye there. You don't want something that God had planned for you, but you didn't complete it because you ignored the will of God, because you didn't understand the will of God. You say, God, I don't understand why you want me to embrace what's going to hurt me. God, I don't know if you'll understand why you're leading me to a place that has a question mark where there's a red sea there. And so, God, because I don't understand that, I'm going to ignore it. And you missed out on living a complete Christian life. Why? Because we didn't realize the will of God is the only way to live a complete Christian life. One of the best examples I'll give you before we close is Saul. 1 Samuel 13. You know the story. Saul 
gets in a rush because the people are pressing him to make the sacrifice when that was Samuel's job. Saul hastily makes the sacrifice, and as soon as he does, here comes Samuel, and Samuel says, what hast thou done? And what did he tell him? And this is one of the saddest verses in Scripture, chapter 13, verse 13. And Samuel said, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God. That's the will of God, which he commanded thee. For now, listen to this, would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever? He said, this is what God wanted to do. But because you deviated from the will, watch, your life will now be incomplete. You're not going to be able to finish what God wanted you to do. He says, God wanted to establish thy kingdom forever. But because you deviated from the will of God, why? Because of the pressure of the people. He was more interested in pleasing the people than pleasing God. And now his spiritual report card says, incomplete. Folks, tonight, the will of God doesn't always feel good. But can I tell you, it is good. It is good. The will of God isn't always easy to accept, but I'll tell you, it's acceptable to God. The will of God sometimes leaves you feeling empty, doesn't it? But it's the only way to be fulfilled. That's how the will of God works. I don't know about you, but I don't always want to embrace that lionfish. It stings. It's not comfortable. It's not enjoyable. But there are times that God's will is going to call for that. And you and I as his children have to decide who are we going to please and are we going to complete the journey that God's called us to. So tonight he gives us in his word reassurances. It reminds me of the story of William Borden. We've heard it so many times, but boy, you can't, you can't get away from it. William Borden was the heir of the Borden family, multi-multi-millionaire, and was called of God to be a missionary. William Borden was going to China. And on his way to China, he stopped off, I believe it was in Egypt, developed spinal meningitis. He would die in his early 20s. An heir to millions. Many of them said to, many of those around him said this, he's throwing his life away. And yet we know the words in his journal after he died. He said, no reserve, no retreat, no regrets. Do you know what he was talking about? The will of God. No reserves to the will of God. It's not going to hold back. No retreats from the will of God. No reserves, no retreats, and then finally, no regrets. Do you know why there's no regrets? Because he completed the will of God for his life. All that's going to matter one day is that we stand before God knowing we completed it. I did what you left me here to do. All the good times were good when the will of God was beautiful, rainbows and blessings, but all oh, the will of God was still good when it was storm clouds and when it was rain. Folks, the will of God is good. It's perfect and it's acceptable. But tonight we have to decide that we're going to accept because we want to please him. So tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, our heads bowed and eyes closed,